whistleblower report exposing lies deceptions and all that has assaulted our way of life we must take back our freedom and live as god designed in a free america that honors our constitution and our creator our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Vaccine Report. And today we are with Dr. Mike Eden, former vice president of Pfizer and chief scientist worldwide for respiratory physiology and more than 30 years in pharmaceutical product development, research, immunology, and toxicology, and many aspects of his career are highly relevant to all that we've been facing today. And one of the things we wanted to talk about today, this is a conversation as we've just come through celebrating Easter and the message of hope for the world through Christ overcoming evil and death with his resurrection. We wanted to talk more about where are we today in the world with all that we've been through, the assault of evil, the assault on God's design of the human body with the experimental COVID shots, the assault on our human connections and the design to tear apart the fabric, the threads of the fabric that hold our cultures together country by country. There's so much that has been happening very parallel to the destructiveness, the tyranny, and the oppression of people in Jesus' day that, that led to his crucifixion. And of course, for all of us Christians, the, the belief is that in him, we have overcome evil. He has overcome evil for us. And but as believers, our hope lies in that message. But what about this world? And one of the things that we're seeing in the news headlines that, well, the U.S. military has backed off of the COVID mandates. Well, we just had an announcement that Switzerland has ended the COVID vaccines finally. Of course, one of the things that I say about that is they've already injected everyone four or five times. They've done the damage. And now they're simply saying, well, we're not going to pay for it anymore because we don't think it's needed. Yes, right. The damage has been done. People's health has been affected. Fertility's been affected. Long-term survival has been affected adversely. So our question, Dr. Eden and I both have been discussing this and wanted to share our thoughts with all of you. Is ending the COVID mandates and pretending to back off of the COVID shots simply a false sense of security? Is mm -hmm. it the calm before the storm of the next pandemic that 
Anthony Fauci has already categorically announced just within the last two weeks, there will definitely be another pandemic in 2024. Really? Well, how do you know if you're not the one involved in planning it? So, Dr. Eden, what are your thoughts about well, all that? Yeah, exactly. Well, Dr. Lee, uh, happy Easter. And to all our listeners, uh, happy Easter. And I echo, I echo your message that, uh, you know, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and was resurrected. And he's shown that we can overcome death and we should definitely not fear these, these awful evil globalists in this world. But when we'll come back, we'll come back to that. And I take a, I take a lot of, a lot of comfort from that this year. So happy Easter, everybody. So yeah, Switzerland. So Switzerland, they have withdrawn their recommendation to quote, uh, vaccinate people against COVID because as Dr. Lee said, studies have shown that something like 98% of people in the population allegedly have antibodies, you know, whatever. I think they've, the Swiss are so compliant, unfortunately, because they've been able to trust their government for the last 100 years, really, keeping them out of wars and stuff like that. So I think a lot of people uh, have kind of put their trust in the government and, uh, and they've been injected. And unfortunately, <clears throat> despite the warnings of people like me, and I can assure every listener that my, my entire professional experience in so-called rational drug design, you don't just... You don't, drugs don't just fall out of the sky. You have to manufacture them and you have to decide what to do before you make it. And you do so with biological objectives in mind, normally to help someone without hopefully too many side effects. So when I saw the design of these jabs, I knew that their intention, I'll be blunt, was to injure, maim and kill. And that's exactly what they've done. So, uh, yeah, now, so the Swiss having... You know, I, I'm happy that they're no longer trying to jab people. Don't get me wrong. I think that's great. But I said to Dr. Lee, I have a sense of foreboding because it's like the last part of whatever Act 2 in this ghastly drama. The first one was the lies about the pandemic and the, uh, the lockdowns and other countermeasures. And then they moved on to these non-vaccine injections to injure people. And if that's fading away now, it's like, we we should be we should be really really careful about uh, not. I, mean, I don't want to be discouraging. Don't get me wrong. I want people to feel positive and to go out and meet people, hug people, and so on. There's nothing going on in your environment apart from your government's propaganda. But please don't don't kid yourself. It's over. It's not over. That's what I would say. We see the powers clearly telegraphing the next pandemic is on its way. Mm. Dr. Fauci's made that announcement. The, they've already, the CDC is already promoting the outbreak of Marburg and Africa. Now, what's interesting, as, as you and I know how viruses really spread, you know, they talk about the outbreak in Africa in two countries on opposite sides of the continent. Mm. And then they talk about it as spreading rapidly. Mm. Well, it doesn't spread by jumping across the continent. Viral illnesses spread by contiguous 
countries that are next to each other, they counties, do. communities that are next to each other. They do. I mean, this is the bizarre thing. And the so I don't know quite what to make of things like Ebola and Marburg. They're both, I think they're counted as is it hemolytic viruses, diseases that cause, you know, acute defects of bleeding, for example, I think. Correct. I, I they're hemorrhagic yeah. fevers. Hemorrhagic. Hemorrhagic. Um, the, the severe bleeding problems, but they are not mm. viruses. They're not respiratory viruses no. that spread. Exactly. Like exactly COVID. that. So that's the point I was going to make that, that they, in fact, I think people should know, and I, I can speak, I think, with some authority as a, as a uh, research biologist, PhD of, of you know whatever 30, 40 years. But for a couple of things, one is they they can't jump through the air at you. You actually have to physically touch these things. And so imagine how slowly even an infectious uh, agent, you know, like a bacterial infection on your skin, it, it doesn't, it won't spread to millions of people the week after next. Well, um, exactly. Thing, it has to be the direct contact with bodily does. fluids of the infected yeah. person. Yeah. So you There's have no to question. come in contact. So here's the thing I wanted just to mention that because people are apt to be frightened by dramatic reports on their TV. Really important. Please, please listen to this, that the fact that we are all alive on this planet tells you something about the uh, ability of individuals and through them communities to protect themselves from all sorts of uh, you know, noxious threats like this. Um, and and here, here's what I was going to say. The more severe the illness the, uh, and the more infectious it is, paradoxically, the less likely it is to turn into a massive pandemic. Now, that sounds paradoxical, but let me just explain. Something that's really severe tends to make you ill very quickly, sometimes even the day you get infected or the next day. When you are ill, involuntarily, you will take to your bed, you'll be sitting inside, maybe lying down. And guess what? You're no longer able to infect anybody. Really serious diseases extinguish themselves quickly. And the more severe they are, the less they spread. And in, histor in historical terms, is it about 40 or 50 years since these things first emerged? There's never been an outbreak in more than two, two African countries simultaneously. And that tells you, and that fits what I've just said. Whereas if we go to the other extreme, something like a common cold, that uh, is quite infectious. And most people will end up staying on their feet through the course of that illness unless they're really frail. And so God help you, you know, you're, you, <laughs> you have the opportunity to interact with lots of people and maybe infect a few of them. And then they infect a few others. But then it doesn't really matter. So really, really severe illnesses tend to be scary in prospect. But in practice, they don't spread. They extinguish themselves. And so, and so if they tell you, if they tell you that Marburg or Ebola or whatever it is, is West Nile fever is spreading furiously through the Midwest, do not believe them. They're lying. That's what I believe. They'll be lying to terrify you. Oh, I think that's exactly right. It's all about the psychological operation yeah. pandemic of fear and yeah. propaganda of fear, because fear is the weapon they use to control us. It Absolutely. Is. Absolutely. So two things about fear as a non-expert, but I've observed it in the last few years uh, on me initially and then on others. One is fear. It kind of blocks out your ability to think clearly. And in fact, people who uh, coach 
sporting sports teams uh, and, and the stakes are high. And there are lots of, you know, powerful men and women running at you if it's a contact sport. So it is quite a scary environment. And one of them who coached the uh, English rugby team to world championship, he said the key thing beyond like knowledge and training. So we're doing like knowledge and training. But his important um, prompt to people was what he called teacup, thinking clearly under pressure. So when the network TV is blaring, oh, no, it's another pandemic, everyone's going to take a moment, step back and think, is what I'm being told even feasible? For me, I'm not sure it's even feasible. But even if it was feasible, the way you would avoid this thing is don't touch people with symptoms. You're safe. Seriously, it's this idea of asymptomatic transmission. It's so rare as to be irrelevant epidemiologically. It's not important in the spread. So don't be frightened of what they're telling you about. Don't rush to some doctor's office to get jabbed with something experimental because I'm afraid they'll do it again. And the, the material they've already announced with, the Marburg yeah, vaccine. Yeah, they've already they, announced. Yeah, no, absolutely right. They've got and these materials. That is so one people should be careful them. about. Very careful. At the moment, I I would go as far as to say, and I've worked in the industry for over 32 years, I would have extreme reservations about anything at the moment called vaccine because I don't trust them not to modify the format to this mRNA format. So, you know, honestly, my my trust has kind of vanished in the medical system. Uh, There are lots of good doctors, but I'm afraid a lot of them have just played staring at their shoes time. And so they might be a good person, but they're still going to poison you. So if you don't know your doctor really, really well, I I would be very careful and certainly extremely uh, circumspect about anything with vaccine and especially emergency on it, because bad people are around the system right now. And it's the method that they've used to injure people and kill them. Well, you're exactly right. And I, I would say that it's already been set up in the United States that the FDA has removed the requirement from the pharmaceutical manufacturers to disclose changes in the formulation, disclose ingredients and provide safety studies or risk assessments. So the FDA has basically totally abdicated its safety and quality oversight and its requirement for clinical trials for changes to the vaccine. So I think in the U.S. anyway, Mm -hmm. I can't speak to the U.K., but I think in the U.S., we clearly are being set up for the pharmaceutical companies to change all of the vaccines going forward to the mRNA. I believe they will. And I believe they will. I've certainly heard, I've heard politicians say things like we're so happy and pleased with the with this new technology that it makes sense to us that all vaccines be moved to this format and, and we're proud to announce today the cut on the ribbon on maybe a new facility to manufacture mRNA vaccines. I know there's one in my country somewhere on the south coast. I'm you know and I know that a friend in Australia tells me that they're opening a huge plant there. And and I've said this before, Dr. Lee, that um, mRNA based therapeutics are are inherently dangerous and very quickly it's because whatever the code is covered by this messenger rna it's not you it's not meant to be in you and when any of that is is uh, copied and the protein product made inside your body the cells have declared themselves non-self 
and your immune system will attack them with a view of, to killing them. That's how it defends you. So I, I promise you that if it says mRNA on it, it's, it's toxic. And uh, I wish that wasn't the case. Um, but what you can draw from, you can go and check this. It's like lesson two in immunology. Non-self materials, your, in, your body will attack it. That's how it keeps you pristine inside. So then the next thing is to check that are they really making a factory for mRNA? And you, I bet you'll find out in minutes that those two things I've just said are true. And the full horror, therefore, of what, what I know should come across, uh, you know, you should fall into your head and your heart, and then you can go and tell other people. Because that, you, don't need to be, you don't need to be a PhD, I would say, at this point, to work out that the amount of craziness and, and you know, illogical, evil things going on, I think are so obvious that if you go and speak to somebody, I think they'll be relieved because I bet you more than half the people are thinking, what the hell is going on, really? And what all they need is for your act of courage to say, I'm not confident that I'm being told the truth. What do you think, George? You know, I, I think if you start that conversation, people in the audience, I think people will almost hug you. Uh, whereas maybe two years ago, they just got angry. But now I, I'm sensing people are bewildered and they just they need someone to to say what they're thinking so get them started well that is absolutely true I mean, psychological studies have have shown for decades that all it takes in a crowd is mm -hmm. for one or two people to question what's going on and it empowers others to express what's been mm -hmm. on their mind but they haven't had the courage to say and that goes to the point about the fact that these experimental mRNA shots are causing deaths at skyrocketing rates. And mm. the public is waking up to the fact that friends and family and co-workers are dying suddenly for no apparent reason. And the yeah. only connecting link is the fact that this didn't start happening until after the COVID shot rollout. Yes. Here's something to, uh, for, for those, if you might have that thought that Dr. Lee said that people, are, there are more people dying than normal. There's no question. It's not, it's not enormous, but it's between 10 and 20% extra. So for every. For That's every, pretty enormous. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I didn't mean to underplay. I, I would say what I'm saying is for every 10 deaths, there might be another two one or two so that's not exact you're not going to notice that unless you're in you know the funeral business but statistically uh it's so far away from the variations of death rates that uh there's a guy called edward dowd or ed dowd d-o-w-d he's a former financial services guy and a clever guy he's an analyst and he's working with statisticians and he's he's recently put out a report to the effect that the increased steady state death rate, almost everywhere they look, is between 10 and 20% higher than normal. And in terms of statistics, it's something like an eight sigma. That means whatever. That gives you some measure of normal variation. And one or two sigma would be like a one in 200 year event. So this is so far out of the normal. You've got, there's got to be a cause. And, and I would say the only possible causes of the, are, the, are these. One, COVID, if you believe it's circulating, or two, the COVID vaccines. Now, if you were 
in the public health department of a government, wouldn't you want to know whether the people who are, quote, dying suddenly, were they jabbed or unjabbed? Because I would say if it was if it was a disease that was causing it, you, you wouldn't expect much relationship with vaccination. If anything, there'd be fewer people in the vaccinated group that are dying suddenly. If, on the other hand, as I believe, it's definitely the vaccine, then when you if you like went back and looked at who died and what was there, whether they got jabbed or not, it would be stark. And guess what? Not a single public health department of any country in the world, not one, has published death by vaccination status recently. And Actually, they've covered it up. They've, they've covered it up. Looking. Exactly. They made it even worse than not publishing it. You can't do it yourself. Why would they do that? And the answer is because they damn well know what's causing it. And it's these wretched jabs. No, that's exactly right. And the CDC stopped tracking in mm. May of 2021 the admission to hospital of people who were vaccinated. And even worse than that, they they deliberately redefined fully vaccinated as not occurring until 14 days after the shot, because that was then failing to report. That meant they covered up the deaths that occurred in the first three to five days after the shot which yeah. is where a significant number it is. of deaths yes. were occurring. That's right. Dr. McCulloch has pointed out that something, I think it's something like a third of the deaths that occur after vaccination occur in literally the first two or three days. And exactly then, then right. The, the next chunk is another month or so, and then the last long tail can occur six, six eight months later. So, But there's a big bump. You know, uh, we, we probably all know of stories of... Um, care homes, your know, elderly care facilities where they went and in, essentially injected everybody. And, uh, and and in some places, like between 10 and 25% of them died within a week or so. It's just how, how people don't realise that that it's there is these, this, it's the material they've been injected with that's made them ill. And it's not an accident. Um, uh, you know, if you, if you haven't heard of a... Of a, there's a place called Substack, S-U-B Stack, Substack. And if you go there and uh, search for um, a, a favourite uh, author, a friend of mine, she's called, her pseudonym is Margaret Anna Alice. Three words, Margaret Anna Alice. She's written the most fantastic poem. It's called Mistakes Were Not Made. Uh, and I'm proud to say it came out of a conversation she and I had had where I said I'm sickened by media reports of, uh, oh, perhaps they overreacted to, to a pandemic and you know maybe we went a little bit too quickly with the safety testing. It's like, no, 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 don't, don't let them get away with it. This, nothing that's happened is, quote, a mistake. It's, uh, there's, there is so much evidence of prior planning that I do not, I reject utterly the idea that it's been a mistake and an overreaction. They did exactly what they planned to do no, and you're these, exactly right. Yeah. Now, what was that Substack mm. again for our listeners? Yeah, the Substack. The, the lady is called Margaret Anna Alice. It's a pseudonym. I actually don't know what her real name is. I'd never pry. But she, I would say she's probably the best writer. Uh, uh, and it's worth reading her stuff. So she's on Substack. And if you search that, that's that's really worth looking. And the other one is, of course, Ed 
ED, Dowd, D-O-W-D. So you've got uh, Margaret Anna Alice will tug your heartstrings as well as blast you with referenced information. Ed Dowd is the cool, analytical kind of former Wall Street guy, uh, and he's conservative, if anything, in his estimates as to the amount of disability and death. Uh, in, well, in and the Ed States. Dowd is actually working with insurance, national, large insurance, some of the largest insurance companies in the world, looking at the actuarial data yeah. from insurance companies on disability claims that have been skyrocketing, death claims that have been skyrocketing, and the way in which all of that only occurred after the COVID shots. For example, one of the statistics that he brought out early on that was quite stunning in the enormity of the damage, in the nine months after the COVID shots were rolled out, the insurance industry data showed that in the working age population, 18 Mm -hmm. to 44 years old, there had been in the United States alone, 61,000 Americans died in the first nine months after the COVID shot in that younger, healthy 18 to 44 year old population. That was more than the 58,000 Americans who died in the 10 years of the Vietnam War in that same age group, because that's the same age as the military age group, typically 18 to 44. It's the same age as the prime working population in all of the Western countries. Exactly. And and the the point is that uh, with with rare exceptions, auto accidents, suicide, drug overdose, things like that, these people don't die. That's their insurance cover at work is cheap. Um, and, and so when there is a bump in these claims for disability and death, the insurance companies, they believe, you know, they're not expecting these young, healthy people. Uh, a tiny number will, will die, but it's not like they're my age or, or older and, you know, you might not make your next birthday. Somebody who's working age in the young age, uh, you, you expect to see them all alive in next year. And as Dr. Lee said, the number that, have, that died in one year was stunning. It was more than the... You know, as you say, the number of people who died. The in 10 years of the Vietnam in, War. Uh, yeah, ten, Let's exactly. pick up on mm-hmm. this after the break, Dr. Eden, because yeah. there's more to talk about in terms of the impact on fertility and birth rates, as right. well as other points we wanted to get to. This is Dr. Lee for America with Truth for Health Foundation. The whistleblower report today is the vaccine report with Dr. Eden and myself as talking about all of the reality of the damage of the mRNA technology. We'll be right back after the break. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org, and our substack, Truth for Health. We will be posting all of this material for you to have as an archive. We'll be right back. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. 
America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Are you worried about spike proteins and how they may impact your health? Are you looking for help? The Wellness Company has an answer in the form of our clean, pure, all-natural spike formula developed by experts like Dr. Peter McCullough. The Wellness Company's spike formula includes the incredible natokinase, dandelion root, black sativa extract, green tea, and iris sea moss. Even better, the spike formula by The Wellness Company is vegan, gluten-free, and made right here in the USA, so you know that you can trust and rely on it if you're concerned about spike proteins. Buying American-made naturalistic ingredients of this quality separately costs over $100. Our spike formula is only $65.99. Get spike formula today by going to twc.health. Outloud listeners use the code OUTLOUD at checkout for an additional discount. Go to twc.health, promo code OUTLOUD, and get peace of mind if you're concerned about spike proteins. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic-era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Hello, everyone. This is Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, U.S. Army and legal grant recipient of the Truth for Health Foundation. I want to give a huge shout out to the Truth for Health Foundation for helping me and my family over the past year with our legal battles. Recently, I was court-martialed for not participating with these experimental COVID-19 emergency use authorized products. If it wasn't for Truth for Health Foundation and all the support, I would definitely be in a worse spot. But because of all the support, I'm able to continue uniform service, fighting for what's right to protect the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America. Welcome to the second half of the Whistleblower Report Vaccine Report with Dr. Mike Eden and Dr. Lee for America. We're talking about is the ending of the COVID mandates and backing off of the COVID shots when a number of countries, is that the calm before the storm with the next mRNA vaccine assault on people with Marburg and whatever else they decide to roll out and the next pandemic to cause more lockdown? That's the question for all of you to be thinking about and get psychologically prepared don't give in to the fear-mongering. They've already started ginning up. They are going to do it again. Get ready. Be prepared. And that's why we're talking about all of these issues of the damage with this mRNA technology 
It doesn't matter whether they're calling it a COVID shot or a Marburg shot or moving to the mRNA technology for your flu shot or your pneumonia vaccine. All of the mRNA therapeutics are dangerous, as Dr. Eaton said in the first half. They are foreign genetic synthetic material that is triggering your body to attack this and exaggerate your immune response, leading to autoimmune disorders and early death. The 24% increase in deaths following these shots is staggering. You don't need to keep giving in, just say no. So Dr. Eden, let's go back to all that we were talking about. You first started warning Mm. about the potential to interfere with normal human pregnancy in the fall of 2020. And tell our listeners what you found then, and let's then look at what has unfolded. And we have new data from Dr. James Thorpe and his co-authors about the impact of the adverse events from the COVID shot yeah. on yes, uh, infertility. Certainly, thank you. Yes, the, uh, a number of things, as I mentioned earlier, about the, the design of, of these so-called vaccines, I found very, very alarming. And uh, I'd like to acknowledge uh, the senior co-author, Dr. Wolfgang Vodag, is W-A-W-O, D-A-R-G, yes, uh, it's like Wodarg. Dr. Wolfgang Wodarg and I wrote a, a public uh, letter to the uh, one of the regulators before any of them had emergency authorizations. So no one can claim we were kind of Monday morning waterbacking. We looked at it and said, my word, here are a number of toxic pathways that, could, that injury could arise from. One of those was that we realized that this so-called spike protein, the thing that they put in these uh, COVID-19 shots, is similar to an essential protein of pregnancy. It's not very similar, but it's similar enough so that my training as a toxicologist made me think, I want this to be actively excluded as a problem before you start going anywhere near you know, uh, premenopausal women. Because if we're right, and the spike protein is similar enough to this protein called thincitin, which you need in order to uh, maintain a human pregnancy. If you interfere with that, you'll get either sterility uh, or, or, or a miscarriage, uh, you know, early termination. And so um, that was what we put in the letter, and I was horribly attacked, you know, anti-vaxxer and lunatic and all that sort of stuff. But we hadn't made it up. The... The, uh, within a year, um, a paper appeared in which I think something like 15 women were studied before and after being injected with the Pfizer shot. And they were asking, uh, do antibodies against this uh, protein of pregnancy appear or not? And they did in every one of them. In every woman, within a couple of days, the, their own anti- antibodies against their own placental protein were raised. These shots do that. And and something else I also dug out of the literature, and this was a 2012 paper, 2012, something like in the Journal of Pharmaceutical Formulation Research. And they, that paper showed 
that the so-called lipid nanoparticles, the LNP, the fat globules that are wrapped around these mRNA uh, uh, shots in, in the solution, they home to ovaries in, in the species that they've tested. Uh, and so my, I've said to people that there's a rule of toxicology, you have to assume for humans the worst uh, based on the animal data you've got to date. You can't just shrug and pretend it's not there. And so with this uh, rat data uh, showing accumulation, you should assume that's what happened to every, every woman, young and old, that was given this material. So you've got accumulation in their ovaries and you've got at least one theoretical way of interrupting pregnancy. And so guess what? You know, although we couldn't guess the severity of the problem, would it be rare or common? That's what we thought would happen. And Dr. Lee, as you, as you were commenting before we got on the, got on the, on the radio show, there's, there is information that's troubling in that regard. It absolutely is. And, you know, I was seeing this even before the recent reports. I was seeing it in many of my own medical patients, women of reproductive age who had not had bleeding problems, but got the COVID shot and suddenly started having severe menstrual abnormalities and what we have found, and you can comment on some of the European data that's been disclosed about the falling birth rates, but yeah. what Dr. James Thorpe has reported in a, a recent webinar, and he is a, an, one of the leading OBGYN maternal fetal medicine specialists in the United States and has seen thousands literally thousands of patients over his career. And, and he has, and his team have presented findings in a new study that is soon to be published in a major medical journal. But his, Dr. Thorpe and his co-authors have compared the COVID-19 vaccine adverse events over 18 months, only 18 months, compared with adverse events for the influenza vaccine, mm -hmm. which has been available over 282 months. So let that sink in. Damage in 18 months versus damage over 282 months. Mm. And they are using the VAERS data, which is compiled by the government, and they adhered to the FDA and CDC danger threshold of twofold or greater increase in adverse events in citing the safety signals in the data that they've cited. What they found is staggering. There has been a 1,200-fold increase in severe menstrual abnormalities, a 57-fold increase in miscarriage, and a 38 fold increase in the death of babies in the mm -hmm. womb or stillborn babies. God. He also found 15 other major pregnancy complications, all that are far exceeding the CDC and the FDA values of safety. And that include Pfizer's own internal data. And then he goes on to say, that there are already more than 30 independent sources that globally 
are corroborating Dr. Thorpe's findings. And so I think the analogy might be that this to say there's no problem with fertility and pregnancy in human beings following the mRNA experimental COVID shots is a little bit like calling a Category 5 hurricane, oh, well, it's a soft summer breeze. Yeah. This is uh, no. staggering mm -hmm. damage. Yes, it is. Uh, and I, I wish... I wish I could believe that it's, um, you know, inadvertent. Uh, but like I've said, uh, there's so many lines of evidence to support what I've said, that this is intentional. Uh, and that is, for example, and Dr. Lee will know this very well, and I think most of the listeners will nod at this when I say it. We have had an iron rule, a red line since thalidomide in Europe mainly as the FDA then was honest and, and prevented the uh, approval of, of this uh, drug for morning sickness. But in the rest of the world, uh, Europe, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, uh, pregnant women received thalidomide, um, and uh, there were tens of thousands of babies that were they either died in the womb or they were born with a missing limb or, or reduced uh, limb. So I have a good friend who's almost exactly the same age as me, uh, a lady, and... Uh, you know, all the time I've known her, she's not had a, a left hand. She, and so there, but for the grace of God, her mum was prescribed this drug and down the road, my mum was not. So since that time, we learned, if we didn't know before, that babies are not insulated from harm in, in mother's womb. Uh, they are exceptionally vulnerable because they're going through rapid development, changes in, in anatomy and uh, and hormones and, and signaling and so on, they're very vulnerable. And that's why they advise you not to take any, really not to take any medicines, not to smoke or to drink. Everybody knows this. And so how crazy is it that they had uh, a novel technology injection, this gene-based mRNA encoding spike protein. And they said, yeah, yeah, come along and we'll inject all these pregnant women. In fact, they scared them into getting jabbed by saying, oh, we, you know, you're at risk being pregnant or your baby's at risk from COVID. And it was all complete utter lies. Um, and, but, and I don't know how many got injected, but you know, maybe, maybe a quarter or a third of pregnant women did get injected because they trusted, they trusted the government, they trusted their doctor, and that's, that's understandable. But you must know that it breaches a 60-year-old red line of not doing this. We never give experimental medical treatments to pregnant women until we've got years and years of safe experience in, in the non-pregnant population. And even then, they're thoughtful. Um, and then finally, I would say there is no reproductive toxicology. These, these jabs were not studied for effects on uh, development of, say, rat embryos or, or, or rabbit embryos. They have no idea uh, and so you've got no idea on the, on the statistics, you know, actually doing any experiments. We've got the red line breach, and then we've got the fundamental uh, toxicities built in by design into these jabs. And so that's why, um, that's why I've, I've borne witness to this uh, by speaking out. You know, I didn't need to be right in every detail. I was right enough to be absolutely confident that you'd be better off avoiding it. And I would say that again to any, uh, anyone, uh, either a woman listening or anyone with, with, with women under menopause is just please, 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 just tell them some of the things I've said. Do not expose yourself to these jabs. 
it's it's a diabolical, literally a diabolical intervention. Um, just think of the tragedies that the statistics that Dr. Lee uh, reported uh, represent. Uh, and then, yeah, the objective evidence uh, everywhere I've looked, and I'm not much of a student of this stuff, but looking at uh, live birth rates per, per 100,000 population or whatever, it, it fell off a cliff everywhere where vaccination has been uh, heavy uh, and birth rates are between like 10 and 20 percent lower than usual. Uh, and that's that's such an extreme change over like one season that it's never occurred before, even in wartime. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm afraid I am confident that it's caused by these damn jabs. Well, I find alarming evidence every day in my medical practice with people who've gotten the shots. I'm seeing more elevated D-dimers, risk of stroke, heart attacks, autoimmune disorders flaring up, new onset cancers, recurrence of cancers that were in remission, and testicular damage, men with um, severe testicular pain, hypogonadism, mm. loss of testosterone, women with new onset bleeding and menstrual problems, pelvic pain, ovarian cyst. It, the list goes on and on. Cognitive damage is much worse. People have problems with memory, clarity of thinking. You know, all the way around, Dr. Yeadon, they the damage is affecting every organ system, which fits with mm. the study that you and I both were warning people about that was published in 2017 that showed the lipid nanoparticles damaged the ovaries and testicles in every, in humans and in all the animal species studied. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, um, as I say, when I left Pfizer in 2011, and then I was working in the biotech independent sector, but when I left in 2011, by sheer luck, I was working with a couple of postdoctoral students with uh, mRNA-related products, and they were uh, they were just not very good, even as like chemicals to to test an idea in some cell cult in cells in a culture dish. So you know, we we you know the idea that then. Uh, whatever, less than 10 years later, they were going to say this technology is ready for prime time and we're going to effectively inject the planet, as Mr. Gates said. I knew that that was fraudulent. There have been there have been no publications that would lead me to believe that any of the things I saw as major problems have been overcome. And on the contrary, very strong evidence that say, for example, that the autoimmune problems and the impact on on at least female fertility that you could, I could see as an experienced scientist, they have translated into humans. So uh, you know, I think it's worth maybe just taking a couple of minutes to talk about the wider picture because we've talked about what has happened today. We've mentioned that uh, while we're happy that the jabs are being um, no longer recommended, uh, we, we, I don't want people, I don't want to be miserable, but I don't want people to think that this is the end of it because you know, unfortunately, uh, what has happened over the last uh, you know, three years uh, has, amongst other things, enabled the creation of the foundation stones of what, they, what you could think of as a biosecurity state for the whole world, where 
people will be required to have digital identification. There's much talk of that almost everywhere I look. And I and then the other half of the control system is money related that uh, governments everywhere are exploring the idea of uh, digital currency operated by your country's central bank, so the Federal Reserve or the Bank of England, with which you would have directly an account. And if they either remove cash or make it difficult to spend or difficult to get, so effectively you would be uh, spending at, at the whim of the government. They can decide, the algorithm will decide whether when you present your payment card or, or a phone app, it will decide whether where you as an individual are geographically may or may not purchase this particular goods in front on the counter, the merchant's counter, given what else you have done in terms of purchases or political activity before this moment. And um, it's not it's not science fiction to say that within a within a couple of years, say if they want to, uh, they will be able to I think mug most people into accepting that they need a digital ID, maybe to get social security or access to medical care or whatever. And then the central bank digital currencies, um, it's horrifyingly quickly spreading out all over little bits of Europe. And then I think I think it's Fed now. There's a there's a US uh trial of central bank electronic digital dollar i think they call it that's going on right now in america yes those it two is things the together, now the, is the program yeah, that they that's are. the one so those two all i would say to people is um you, we have to you know stand up get a spine and say no they've enough people say i'm not signing up for this digital id it'll be biometric like your facial picture uh have you noticed folks that um, more and more food supermarkets are having uh, robots checkouts instead of human attended checkouts. And I think the reason for that is you can't argue with a robot. So basically, if, the, if it comes to it in a couple of years that you are going to be refused a piece of steak because you've already had sausages this week, and that's the kind of stuff they might do. But worse than that, they might say, uh, you may not leave your house further than, say, five miles that's what's happening in Britain right now. And you might think, what's the hell with that? I'll go where I like. Well, you'll find that your payment method, if you were six miles from home, won't buy you a bottle of water, won't buy you anything. It's nothing to do with whether you've got credit in your account. It, your geolocation and, and your attempt to transact would contradict the settings they put in the algorithm. Who are you going to argue with? You know, the merchant, it's not his fault or her fault. You're going to argue with the government. I'll bet you it's being decided above their heads. Are you going to argue with Google? You know, you, if we let them have this power, folks, we'll never get our freedom back. So if you're told, oh, you have to have digital ID, sign here, sir, sign here, madam, just say in. Oh, I'm not going to sign up. I don't care if they tell me, well, that will restrict your travel or financial exclusion and so on. It's like to hell with it. Don't, don't, don't take the first step into the abattoir unless you're willing to get slaughtered at the other end of it because that that ultimately is where they're going. So say no to digital ID and then to hell with central bank digital currencies. There's no legitimate reason, in my view, for any government to remove cash. They may not want to use it. Well, good luck for them. They don't have to use it. But if you want to use it and the food seller wants to use it, uh, there's it's legal tender. You should be allowed to get on with it. And anyone trying to take it out of your hands is a criminal. Right. No question about it, because cash 
is freedom. Cash is anonymity. Cash is two fingers up to these globalist, you know, evil people. So say no to digital ID uh, and keep using cash. And, and if, if they move to get rid of it, you need to organize and protect it because that's ultimately that's our best guarantee other than prayer of, of freedom, in my view. That is a critical message. And actually, people do need to start preparing for this now. Start mm. building your supply of cash at home. Start looking at other sources of something that is a store of value. Perhaps look at what we call in the U.S. junk silver, which is the coins minted before 1964 that contain 90% silver that are worth more than the face value of the coin. Look at the way in which we have build your independent food supply at home and look at ways that you can start growing some of your own food. You know, I don't understand why the two-minute cities is, is building so much, and, or the 15-minute city is building so much um, in England, for example. Don't the British people mm. have a sense of independence and want freedom? I, I, yeah, I, I believe they do. And I think, I think the threat to cash and importantly, this threat to mobility that is the 15 minute city idea and net zero. So I, I sent, I was um, actually pleased that I was leafleted in my house in Canterbury, England, Southern England, because it means there's someone out there, at least someone out there that knows what's like me, that knows that there's a severe threat coming. So my goal in the next couple of weeks is make contact with them. Um, so, and they'll be put, I think, on, I think Dr. Lee will put them under, the, under the, this program. Um, and so it isn't just me making this up or someone else that you've heard. People are, are responding, responding to formal proposals to, uh, to restrict your ability to move around in your motor car. Uh, I don't have enough time to describe it today. But it, this is serious. It's, it's near term. And in my city, uh, cameras are being put on every piece of street furniture and their automatic number plate recognition, ANPR cameras. So that's well, that's we need to talk more about this next week. We so, and yeah. also remember that um, we want to bring on your courageous member of parliament, Andrew Bridgen, as soon as possible to talk about his efforts in the government to stand against this assault on freedom. Dr. Eden, thank you so much for joining us again this week. This is your platform in America to help all of us get loud and get involved and raise our hand, speak out, stand against tyranny. And as you say, just say no. No to more shots, no to digital currency, no to more control over our lives, no to the fear-mongering. Stand in faith and stand strong. We, the people, are stronger together, and there are more of us than there are of the global elites trying to control us all. God bless you, and 
Thank you for being with us, Dr. Yeadon. We'll be back again next week with more from the European and UK view on all that's happening globally. And our experts are here to guide you in making informed decisions. Thank you for joining us today on the Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org. Join our crusade. We are silent no more. We urge you to sign up for our email alerts, donate to support our legal defense work to secure the human and civil rights secured by law, and to live our lives in accordance with the U.S. Constitution and God's truth. We are here to bring you hope and solutions for such a time as this. With all that is assaulting our way of life, join us and stand strong against the lies and deception and speak out, get loud, get involved. God bless you and thank you for joining us.